Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate all of you. If you haven't already, smash that subscribe button. If you hear some background noise, I apologize. I just broke down the entire studio to migrate it somewhere in a land far, far away. No, I'm just kidding. Um, me, and me, Kyle Ray, and Justin McAuliffe are all going up to Hartford, Connecticut to go do possibly a podcast i'm not too sure but we're going to check out hanging hills brewery if you guys don't know who who hanging hills brewery is they have um sponsored i guess a podcast previously uh by sponsored i mean they gave us beer and a bunch of other cool things going up there to check out the brewery finally super super excited um but i just wanted to give you guys a heads up that's why some things may sound a little different i apologize right off the bat but uh super stoked to have you guys on here as always, check out BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. The new website is almost done. I promise you guys. It's actually going to be super, super basic. I don't think that it really needs to go as in-depth as it used to. Um, and I'm almost dialing it back a little bit because I don't want people to think that it's so website-oriented. It's more audio-oriented and video to come. Uh, I just bought a drone, so I've been messing around with that a lot lately, too. Um, if you don't know that already. But... uh as always, I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to uh, the podcast. So my guest today, if you haven't read already, is my buddy Ron Reed. This is his second time on the show now. Uh, super cool guy, and he makes resumes interesting. Um, he's actually been a sponsor of the show as well. Um, I've also been a personal client of his. Um, not trying to give him a shout out in that regard, but he does some phenomenal work. He's just a good friend of mine. Um, just a super, super cool down to earth kind of guy, too. Uh, we're kind of mix it up a little bit, and um, now now with round two uh, here, uh, we have a good time. But uh, without any further ado, please welcome my friend, Ron Reed. Say. I feel like I always say what's up, buddy. Everybody's a buddy of mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, what's up, homie. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, I stole this from an old bartender that I used to work with, and he used to say, what's up, Playboy. And I was like, <laughs> what's up, player? I was like, ah, I like that. That's a good one. You know, I think you just get in these habits. You know, things just, they, I don't know, they come as like second nature. You get stuck in these habits. So. <laughs> I, th- I think I might be a horrible person, but I've learned to. You are. Um, I've learned to utilize the extremely friendly welcome without using somebody's name mainly for people i don't remember their names on yeah yeah totally hey sport hey what's up buddy how are you and then it's like i fucking and then you hope to god you hear them talk to somebody else and then that other person says their name yeah 100 percent. hey champ and but i always love when people i think people know because when you know when you're at an event and you know you're like oh yeah you know oh let me introduce you to somebody but then you're like Fuck, I don't remember your name. Yeah, it happens. And then, but they're like, oh, hey, I'm so-and-so. And you're like, I got your name, and you did the intro for mm-hmm. me. I just brought the two people together in. Right. That's gold. It happens, though. I mean, you meet so many people through networking. You I mean, you try to remember everybody's name, but every once in a while, one's going to fall through the cracks. Yeah. You do your best. It's tough, especially for the people that, the people that come around, but not often. 
they're the hardest. Yeah, yeah. Be- because if they're there frequently, then you can you know you just put the name to the face. And if they're there infrequently, you put the name to the face. But when they're sporadic, you remember their name and then it vanishes. And then for at least for me, I always have trouble remembering their name afterwards. Yeah, I, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. God, the struggles of networking. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what networking is, it's business networking. You go out, you go to happy hours, the um. You go to events, beer drinking, uh, I host shotgun events, uh, all these different things. And in there, you kind of just talk about business and what you do. And then hopefully in that group of people, there might be somebody that can refer you business. So everybody, you know, potentially everybody could make money. Yeah, I I, uh, I enjoy networking events. I've uh, ever since I went out on my own a couple of years ago, I've been going to more and more. Uh, I think as you go to more and more, you kind of learn the tricks of the trade. You learn uh, best practices and things to avoid at networking groups. Y- you learn the types of people uh, that are really solid human beings and who deserve your time, and you start to decipher who are the people that are there to uh, uh, kind of leech your time and are not there to pr- uh, provide value and um, are not there for the best purposes. And you, you learn to give them less and less of your time. Um, and, and that just comes with time and experience and getting burned a couple of times. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes to get burned. You don't like to get burned, but sometimes that's the only way to learn. And, um, you know, you, uh, networking, I believe, is a skill, and you can get better at it the more you do it. It's undoubtedly a skill. A skill. And I don't know if you can get better the more you do it, but you just get more comfortable being in uncomfortable situations. Yeah, I'm not saying you can get better at networking, but I think you can get better at um, figuring out more quickly who the right people are for you and yes. who, who you can give value to, who can give value to you, who you can introduce other people to. and You know, like uh, getting yourself into situations less and less that are wasting your time and wasting other people's time. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, it always, it, always, it always blows my mind when people go to networking events and literally the entire time they're there, they just hang out with their friends. Like the people that they know. That's mm-hmm. it. They don't do anything else. They don't. You know, they're not mingling with other people. They're not even going outside the comfort zone. Like, they go, they hang out with their handful hang, handful of people that they know, and, and then they leave. And you're like, who was that guy? You right. know, all, he, he talked to the same 10 people the entire time. Like, yeah, well, what was the point? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, look, you, you want to hang out with your friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go do something with them. Don't don't sit there and at somebody's, you know, event, take up seats. I mean, hey, if you pay, you pay. But, you know. That blows my mind. It's just when people sit there and they just talk to the people that they know. Yeah, you know, to each his own. But yeah, I agree. It's not the smartest use of of the event or uh, the you know the other resources in the room. Yeah, you know? big time. So how you been? How's everything going? It's been good. so long. Good business I miss has you, been buddy. really good. I think I think I was on your show last December, right? So we're in June. So probably like seven months ago. Yeah. Uh, time flies. Yeah, a lot's a lot's happened in that time. Business has been. Tell really me all about it. I want to know. This has been often. I figured out how to get on the first page of Google. Uh, it's, <laughs> since that time, that's that's pay, been the now. Did you pay for? No, no, no. I just figured out how to do it on my own with some behind the scenes stuff with my website, and that's been the biggest change in my business since I was last on your show. Ah, look at you killing it, yeah, man! So, and obviously things have changed a lot in your life. Uh, yeah, some <laughs> a major changes. Yeah, the uh, yeah, love love my old company, but uh, jumped out on my own, and uh, you know it was kind of like. You know what? I compare it to I am going to jump out of a plane without a parachute, and we're going to hit the ground 
at some point with hopefully some kind of device I could figure out. And uh, so far, I think I've found a parachute. Uh, you know, I found my niche. I'm enjoying it. And even though I work an ungodly amount of hours now, which, you know, I'm sure you do as well, because when you work for yourself, it's totally different. Yep. Um, but I'm happier. You know, I'm so much happier. Like, and and since then, I've really taken to heart something that I've been trying to do for the last couple of years, which is only do what I love. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I just want I just want to do what I love. If I don't love doing it, I don't want to do it. You know, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in in being semi unhappy. You know, does network is networking the greatest thing in the world? No. Does it is it necessarily evil? Yeah. But I'm learning to love it, and then because I'm learning to love it, I'm just doing more of it because I love it. Yeah. Um. It's not really about the time it's it's what you're doing with the time and uh it it to me it's how much control you have over the time and what you do within that time right so maybe in in your nine to five job maybe you were putting in 40 50 hours a week but you didn't have control Mm -hmm. over those 40 50 hours a week maybe now you're putting in 60 70 hours a week but you dictate what's going on in those 60 70 hours so maybe you're putting in more hours now but you dictate being able to just Those cut hours. out for lunch yeah. and like, oh my God, I took an hour and 15 minute lunch break is fucking awesome. Right. hundred percent. Like I'm like, I go out to lunch with friends that have, you know, the normal nine to five jobs and they, and you know, we go out to lunch for an hour and they're like, I, you know, it's 50, 45 minutes in like, I, I gotta go. Right, I'm like, I'm right. like, I'm like, we're not, we're not even done eating yet. Like we talked for 20 minutes. We ordered. Now we're eating. And you're not even done eating, and you're gonna take your food mm-hmm. to go because you got to get back to the oven. Like, holy shit! Like, I mean, look at like right now. It's uh, it's eleven oh eight in the morning on a Thursday. We're doing a podcast, right? Oh yeah, this so, could never so happen. We have total power over our time. The flip side is, I was telling you earlier, and it's, this is not the norm, so I don't want to come off like on this grinder, like I never sleep <laughs> kind of guy. But last night was an extreme example. I was up till three in the morning doing some work. Yeah, you know. It's a trade-off. It's so right? yeah. It's funny you say that because I have friends that are like, I'm like, oh, you know, like I got work at seven. I'm like, I don't know. I think I might go to the office at like ten in the morning. You know, I don't know. It depends on when I wake up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it must be nice. I'm like, motherfucker, I worked till midnight or one o'clock or two o'clock last night. I deserve every little bit of how long I want to sleep for. Yeah, and you know, my, my philosophy is just to each his own. You know, everybody's got priorities and what's important to them. Um, some people are more risk averse. Uh, you know, your friends that can only do the hour lunch and have to cut out. Yeah. You know, that, that, if that works for them, cool, you know, and and, and they have, they have a certain stability in that lifestyle and it works for them and that's awesome. And, and other people like ourselves, maybe we just value the freedom and the flexibility a little bit more. Yeah. No, it's definitely true. But but, but we, we don't have that stability. We, we have to make every dollar that is, you know, so the exact truth, whatever works for, uh, every individual person. Yeah. It's yeah, it's all about finding what what works for you, you know. That's uh, you know, and I'm a night owl too. I'd much rather work from, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon. Even like if I if it was up to me, I'd work till six to midnight every day. Mm-hmm. You know, six hours, but six hours of grinding. You know, get everything done that I need to do in the normal day to day life during the day, and then come nighttime, bunker down and. It'd be nice, but your clients don't want to function disappear. Those hours. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, you know, whatever it is, what yeah. it is. But you know, that that would be my. I can do a lot. Of, thankfully, in the work that I'm doing, I can do a lot of it uh, late at night. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah the here. conversations have to happen. You know, yeah, same thing for you. You know, conversation has to happen during waking hours. You know, 
six o'clock people are coming home from work the kids get involved they got to babysit you know whatever it is and then you can go to work you know so during that time is when when the real grind happens yeah so we talked about what you like about going out on your own the flexibility yeah what's been the number one challenge since <sighs> you've been on your own um the number one challenge is getting paid okay that i've realized so far so how how does the uh how do clients typically pay in your industry you know and literally i'll take any form of of money you know whether it's cash no i'm sorry i mean like um like do they pay a certain percentage up front or like i do a monthly monthly? yeah it's a monthly you know i do almost everything monthly in you know with resumes actually this would be a cool concept for you but like in resumes it's a one-time buy and you're good for you know a a set period of time let's say year two years Mm -hmm. until your career takes a major change or something like that you get you know an opportunity opens up as we spoke last time you know, then you might need to then you might need to open up the resume. But social media changes like daily. You know, what's the hot trend today? You know, oh my God, what did President Trump do today? What am I going to get pissed off about? What culinary vi- Facebook video am I going to watch for three hours today? You know, there's always this like hot. It's always changing, always changing, and then adapting either a client's profile to it or changing. You know the the attack for whatever they're trying to get mm-hmm. their message across to, you know, and you got to make sure that what people are choose to be offended about today, you have to be super, super careful, you know, because you can't, I personally believe that things that are funny get much more attention, much more attention, but with funny things, somebody's not going to like it just the nature of the beast look i think with everything somebody's always going to be offended yeah so (laughs) you got to be super super careful if you know you write something and it could be totally funny but somebody somewhere because something happened on the news or whatever it was or that happened on facebook or whatever it may be boom they don't like it and then it takes one negative person to crush a social media profile yeah absolutely it could go viral in a heartbeat yeah because and then they'll get popular. because misery love com- misery uh, loves company. You know, if if somebody finds something unfunny and they uh, they get offended by it, there's yeah. a million other people that will get offended by it. Also, they'll share it. It goes viral. You destroy your it's, client. It's bananas. Uh, that's a, that's an issue. It's it's banana. And you know, and especially now. And I think, you know, even over the last four years, you know, even though social media has been around for a little while now. Even over like the last, I feel like it's like really the last four years where shit is just taking off. You know, it started really in the middle of, you know, rollback five years ago. Between four and four and five years ago is like when it was like something happens. Okay, now it takes a little while to know about it. Now, especially with this live, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook Live, Instagram, you know, you could just post a video immediately. I mean, uh, yeah, Instagram, Instagram Live, LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn videos, it's so fast. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And it's completely changing the media landscape. You know, uh, basically the traditional dinosaurs of media, you know, the the ABCs, CBS, ABC. They're having trouble keeping up. Who needs them? (laughs) Who needs them? and And I think one of the major problems with that is, is a lot of what they're saying isn't necessarily true. And I'm not calling fake news on it. It's just outdated by the time it even gets to the set. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going like the fake news route. I'm not even going the political side or taking sides here. I'm just saying, as middlemen, who yeah. needs them? You know, uh, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, anybody on the street can be a reporter or can be a cameraman and deliver the message or the yep. media, um, or you know, or the image to an audience. Yeah. Right. So as middlemen, they're just they're dinosaurs. Yeah, they it's have they have to have this extremely well produced show. With everything scripted or well written, you can move it however you need to move it, and uh, you know it's by the time that that happens. Let's say if it happens at midnight, and they're airing it at you know six o'clock or the twelve o'clock news the next day, shit already changed. Like yeah. like it's, it's so ancient history. It's yeah, it's it's mind boggling that this is what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's stunning to me that anybody still reads a newspaper. You know, to, to read a newspaper and read about things that are 12 hours old, 12 to 18 hours old, is like... Really? Bananas. <laughs> Bananas. You're mind. reading history at that point. Yeah. You know, it used to be the cutting edge. But unfortunately, you know, I used to have a folder on my iPhone of... I think I had like six or eight different news sources. Whether it's Dig, the Wall Street Journal, uh, the New York Times... You know, um, all of Fox, ABC, and a major event happens. You know about it in mm-hmm. seconds mm-hmm. from those sources. And it's fascinating they could produce on TV. Hey, just, yeah, I, I think it's a beautiful thing. I'm an information junkie. I'm a news junkie. I love politics. I love current events. I love history. I love things of that nature. So it's a beautiful thing for me. Um, but it's it's a rapidly changing landscape. So I guess that gets back to what you were saying, where just in what the work that you do now you just have to be you have to be locked in at all times for your clients. Yeah. I think that's where yeah. you're going with it, right? Like pretty much. You just have to be on, on your game at all times. And I don't really mind it because it was like kind of what I was already doing as far as like my normal day to day life. You know, you're checking the news feed, you're checking, you know, what's going on, this, that, and the other thing. But now it's much more like, Hey, let's see how we can attack this. And the world's changing so fast. Look I mean, look at your industry. Resumes. How much are they changing? How much are people finding people on LinkedIn now? You know, how many recruiters, you know, you were a recruiter. How many recruiters are just going after, they don't even care if they're not looking for a job. They're just going after people. Yeah. Because they might be a good fit for a company. Like, it, it, yeah, I mean, LinkedIn, bananas. LinkedIn um, I, I've been on LinkedIn since probably 2007. It, I mean, and just in the, in the past couple of years in particular, it's just become an absolute game changer. And I, I almost demand that my clients hire my LinkedIn services. You yeah. Know, I, if they hire a re, the resume services for me and don't and don't move forward with the LinkedIn services, yeah. I, I really, I really aggressively push them towards LinkedIn, not as a sales tactic, but as a they listen, just need listen, it for if, life. If, you, if you want to be taken seriously as a 2018 job seeker, this is a must have. It's an absolute I agree. Must-have. I couldn't agree more. You know, it's as important as the resume. Um, I couldn't agree more. And your yeah. reach. Yeah. That's the craziest part. How long does it take to send a resume? You know, it could take. Some of these, some of these applications online are crazy. It well, could, the, the big game changer with LinkedIn is the ability to be found. It, exactly. it, it eliminates barriers to access. Mm-hmm. You know, with a resume, um, you know, in order for people to find your resume, um, it... it it's basically limited to the access that you put on the resume, right? Like you have to apply to a job or you have to put it up on a job board. Whereas on LinkedIn, pretty much anybody can access your profile, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. But if you're a job seeker, it's a beautiful thing. Of course. I mean, why wouldn't you want 
Even if, if you're not a job seeker and you yeah, just open I, a new opportunity. I, I agree. But, so, you know, some people are more private than others. But, you know, we're people that like opportunity to of come course. our way. I mean, I, if you're somebody that's always uh, open to hearing about new opportunities, you'd be insane not to have an, and op, it's an optimized button. profile. It's one button. It's literally, do you want people, do you want to allow people to see your profile for potential jobs? Yeah. Yes or no? Boom. Yes. You just opened up a whole stream of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not looking, what's on the market? You know, hey, I might not be looking for a new job, but if somebody's going to come off of me two times my salary for me ha- for me having to do, you know, two-thirds of the work, and it's closer to my house or I could work remotely. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Holy Jesus, man. You know, why wouldn't you do that? But at the same time, it's kind of crazy because then it's like, as a business owner, you're like, oh my God, you know, what's going to happen? You know, people could, you could literally just, an employee could be, the employee couldn't even be seeking a new job. They could just have that thing on and and you could potentially lose them. Yeah. It happens every day. Mind blown. <laughs> That's why uh, I, I think it's a good thing on all levels. I, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, it's, it's a great thing. I mean, it's great for everybody. It's great for companies. It's great for job seekers. It's great for companies because they have access to amazing talent. It's great for job seekers because I think when when companies have such access to top talent, it forces companies to treat employees well because yes. they know that they can be poached very easily. Yep. So, oh, I like if, that. If you poached. Want, if you want to keep your top talent, you got to treat them well. You got to pay them well. The benefits have to be on point. Um, that's how you combat your people leaving and getting yeah. poached on yeah. places like LinkedIn. It's so uh, it's it's. I love LinkedIn. I mean, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> no, absolutely. I love it. The I, uh, I think it's and and we were talking about this right before the the show started, but I think it's so heavily underused right now. You know, and I kind of like the fact that LinkedIn kind of separates the BS from Facebook. You know, Facebook is great. I love going on there and seeing videos that I watch dogs today. I watch people holding up blankets in front of dogs and then they drop the blanket and go behind a wall and the dog just makes a face. And I literally watched that for five minutes this morning and I was like, this is kind of entertaining. You know, I love that. But then I go on LinkedIn and I'm just immersing myself in knowledge. Yeah, it's all. I mean, every platform serves a purpose. You go to Facebook if you want to be entertained, you want to see pictures of the dog, you want to see pictures of your your uh, nephew that lives in another state. And it's all good. It, it serves that purpose. When you go to LinkedIn... You know, that's that's the place to find out about opportunity, um, you know, learn from industry experts, look for jobs. Absolutely. Uh, connect with recruiters, sell your services, uh, post business relevant content. And I see you're posting a lot of content on LinkedIn, which I love. No, I'm not stopping either. I'm it, going so full force with it. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, I'm super biased because my business is a career services focused business. Yeah. But I think I've told you this before. My first year. Um, 2014, when I started my business, 80% of my 2014 sales I generated through LinkedIn. Wow. It's nuts. That's huge. And I know, I, again, I'm biased because of the nature of my business. But if if you could generate 10% of your sales through LinkedIn, why wouldn't you be on the platform? Even if you generate one, you know, unless you're selling a $15 item, and the profits seven dollars, or the profits, you know, I would say maybe if the profits left less than fifty bucks, it might not be worth it. But even still, just producing that content, you know, it's it's so 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 important to just keep basically keep hammering. It's cra- uh, let me tell you, I got a client yesterday. This is a true story. Um, I got a client yesterday. 
So every prospect of mine, before, um, before I even talk to them, they have to fill out a client information form on my website. And one of my questions is, how did you hear about me? Mm. This guy's in Las Vegas. Okay, I'm, we're on Long Island. <laughs> this guy's literally on the other <laughs> side of the country. One whole country away. I go, how did you hear about me? He goes, we've been connected on LinkedIn for years. I've been following you. I love your content, and I'm a big fan. That's it, you're man. A, you're a big. I'm a resume writer. Like <laughs> that is that is boring and lame. You're a big fan, right? So here I am. I'm pumping out this content. I I post what I think is valuable insight, just because I like to give people value. I think it presents me as an industry expert. Of course. And th- but there's actually people out there consuming it in Nevada, and they respect me and they enjoy my content. And apparently, I have fans. that I don't know about and the and the cool thing is the guy just laid out 500 bucks and ordered my services that's a good day right so I just had it's LinkedIn I I could I could literally talk all day about LinkedIn and how amazing it is it's dude it's the way though it's funny you say that because I literally was just talking about this to a uh one of my clients and I was like hey you know He's like, oh, you know, I'm not getting as many views on my videos. I'm like, it's not how many views you get on your videos. That is the least important thing possible. One, people are talking about you. That is huge. You went from nobody to people are talking about you now. You know, it's only a matter of time before your name gets brought up at the exact moment that that service is needed. Boom. Mm -hmm. Now you have a deal. I used to get really, I used to be really focused on like the amount of likes and comments and one thing that I came to realize is that I I personally really cannot focus on that because what I came to realize is that my services are really like discrete services. Mm-hmm. Like people, my clients hire me as like a really under the radar service because I'm a ghostwriter. I think a lot of people don't want other people to know that they're job searching mm-hmm. and that they outsource the writing of their resume. I think some people are embarrassed maybe that to let people know that they didn't write their own resume or, yeah. that, or that they needed help to do that. That's so, crazy. So what I found is a lot of people that hire me, um, they see my videos, they see my posts, but they'll never like or comment on them. Mm. They just they contact me behind the scenes. Of course. So goes I, down in the DMs. Right. So I've learned never not to worry about the likes and comments. I just keep putting out the content and people contact me in the DMs and they slide into the DMs. Slide in the DMs, yep. man. And People uh, think... You know, I far too often I see, dude. You posted that video, not a single person commented or you know commented or liked it. I'm like, I do, I give, I give no shits. Now I do I do like comments and shares and likes course, because I, I want it to go viral. Yeah, right, right, because it plays into the algorithms. But at the end of the day, um, I've I've made a ton of sales from people who never like or comment. Yep, that's it. Because yeah. they because of the nature of what I do, they don't want people to know. It's so funny because when you did my deal. resume, it was just like. I, I, it's even funnier because you did my resume, and I haven't used it, but I'm so happy I have it. Now you don't have to worry about it. I never have to worry about it. It's there. It's done. And but I tell people I like brag about it. I'm like, yo, you got to check out my ball and resume. I was like, my buddy Ron, <laughs> my buddy Ron did it. It is sick. You had a really solid resume going in. Um, yeah, I, I tightened it up a little bit, but yours was uh, pretty solid going in. I, have to say. I oh I can't take all the credit. I happen to uh, manipulate your website to be able to <laughs> see all the examples and uh, create a rough draft of what I think I really want. Okay, wanted. so you plagiarized my work. It's all good. You want to hear a crazy story? The <laughs> yes. I, well, I didn't plagiarize officially. No, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Last week, I um, I went to the town of Brookhaven job fair. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, where is that? Uh, what town is that in? Shit, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's all good. I, I, just, I, I was yeah, like, I don't, I don't even know I, the town of Brookhaven had a job. I don't know. I'm still kind of new to this area. That, that area out there But <laughs> anyway So I went to the town of Brookhaven Job Fair I bought a booth And I was like Listen I'm gonna buy a booth And I'm literally gonna Give any job seeker That walks up to my booth A free resume review mm-hmm. Right free Like this is super valuable I'm gonna tell you What's good about your resume Super that's tremendous What's, what's bad And how you can fix it um, This one woman Walks up to my booth With a resume That I did not write for her Mm-hmm. And within seconds, I knew, and she had this resume, she had professionally written by another resume writer, and within seconds, I knew that that resume writer had plagiarized my work. No! I swear on my life, that I've never, that had never happened to me before. Now, you know, if a job seeker in a bad spot goes to my website and wants to plagiarize my work, like, I get it, not the end of the world. Of course. But when somebody is calling themselves a professional resume writer and they're just and jacks you. my work and, char- and charges somebody, that blew my mind. And You know what, though? It's the greatest compliment. It, it, it definitely is a compliment, but um, it just blew my mind. Because, like, I know my style and I know the way I write. And when I looked at this woman's resume, I was like... I was like, oh, my God, that's my work. Yeah. I was like, where did you get this resume? She's like, oh, I paid somebody from Patchog. I was like, that's my work. No. Yeah, it, was, it was crazy. But Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Nothing surprises me anymore. People are animals. That's crazy. Yeah, I forget what the saying is, but it's like the greatest compliment somebody can receive is like is imitation or something yeah, like that. Yeah, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, which is cool, you know? But at the same time, yeah, it doesn't suck on your end. I feel horrible. But at the same time, shit, I wish somebody else would start like the brutally podcast <laughs> yeah. honesty. You know, br- you know, podcast. The brutally straightforward podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and do what I'm doing. Um, but it, it's, it's, dude, that sucks. That's that's bananas. Like, what are the chances, too? Yeah, it was just unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, I I think I've now seen. Did it they all, rat? Did they rat? Did the lady rat him out or who? You know what? Out? I honestly I didn't make a huge deal out of it because uh-huh. I I didn't want her to feel awkward. Yeah, I didn't want her to feel like she got ripped off or, um, you know, I didn't want her to run back to the writer and make a big deal out of it. I just mm. because if, you if you're if you're at a job fair, you're you're not in the best place, um, career wise anyway. Yeah, so I didn't want to give her the extra burden of like, oh my god, now I I, I got this. Yeah. Plagiarized resume. I didn't make a big stink out of it with with the with the job secret. Yeah, that yeah, that's straight plagiarism. But uh, yeah, it it was. Yeah, crazy. at least when I stole it, I gave you credit. <laughs> yeah, <Shit>. Seriously, <laughs> look, I you're took a class it. act. You know? <laughs> I, you know, it's it's always funny. I always tell people this. I'm like, look, if you're gonna break the rule or break the law, just admit to it. You know, whatever seriously, it is. I, that's all hey, we ask. I you know I, I stole it. You know, <laughs> I I even tell a person, look, I'm stealing your shit. I'm you know, sorry. <laughs> But I, I want to get back. So you, the biggest issue is getting paid, right? Yes. So so your clients pay you. Uh, they're supposed to pay you like once a month. Yeah, or? once a month. But uh, and and it's nothing against my clients. It's it seems to be a pretty industry industry thing where if you're a business, it's very difficult to just get paid. You know, by whoever you're doing business with. Whether it could be something as simple as you know. Hey, I sold you a hundred tons of concrete. You know, pay me. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, I give people net thirty. For anyone who doesn't know what net thirty is, thirty days to pay. And 
you know, it's not the it's not the end of the world. You know, I don't mind. Oh my God, they're late on the payment. Whatever, that's fine. It doesn't bother me. But it's like the hardest thing to do is track down people for money. Yeah, and like, it's time consuming. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's time consuming. I mean, other than that, I love it. You know, and and it sounds so weird because you're like, oh, you know, I want to get money. It's like it's like no, I just I just I really just I wish I just got paid like when I originally wanted the money. Right. You know, other than that, um. It would just it would be nice to be in a perfect world where you you deliver what you say you're going to deliver yeah. and you get paid when you say that's you're all gonna good. get paid. But yeah. Yeah, not the end the of the world. That the world doesn't work that way. Yeah. Usually. Um, I think that's pretty much it as far as like the business goes. Um, you know, I'm actually in the process of writing a, a a blog post about this. But one thing that I think I'm very fortunate is I have ama- I have amazing friends. You know, I've built up. Um, you know, 80 plus contacts from the podcast, you know, my, my networking and stuff like that. You, you know, I just have these, I just have a genuinely really good group of people around me that are always looking out for my best interest. And because I'm so comfortable with all of my friends, I have no problem just going up to somebody and saying, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. I need some help, you know? And I think that gives me a tremendous advantage compared to anybody else doing what I'm doing or yeah, even absolutely. starting their own company. You know, because I, I'm like, I don't know how to start a company. And then, you know, I talk to an accounting friend and the accounting friend's like, oh, you got you to gotta link up with this lawyer and they're going to fill out this paperwork and you're going to pay them this amount of money and they're going to take it out. And, you know, I'll sit down with you and I'll explain everything to you. And then, OK, great. OK, now I have now I'm incorporated. You know, OK, what's the next step? Now I'm going to find clients. OK. And coming from an IT background, you know, I kind of knew I didn't know exactly what I needed, but I'm like, OK, I'm a computer ninja for the most part. I can find what it's going to make my life easier. Let's go find it. You know, let's do research. Let's do the normal process and find what's going to work. And then when you find what's going to work, then it's, you know, smooth sailing now. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you basically have an 80 person consulting firm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. It's amazing. You know, that are all my friends, you know, and, and all these people too are, are not even just my friends. They're huge advocates of what I'm doing. You know, they're constantly, Hey, you know, I have talked to this person, you know, talk to this person, get in touch with this person. They're going to help you out with this. You know, Hey, I think this person would be, you know, good for your podcast. Have them on your podcast. Hey, this person needs, you know, a website. This person needs social media, you know, help Matt. And I'm just like, Holy Jesus. Like this. Yeah. Is let's, let's just do this right now. I haven't talked to you in a while. So what do you need right now? What do maybe, I need? Maybe I, what know am some, I looking maybe for? I know somebody that you need. Uh, I'm looking for uh, websites, um, you know, mid tier websites. Uh, everything from you know three to probably between three and seven thousand dollars is typically you know the the average cost of a website. Meaning you're looking for clients who need websites. Yeah, clients who need websites that that's what they're comfortable spending. You know, if they're if they're looking to spend twenty thousand dollars on a completely out of the, like so unique, there's not a single thing on the market like it. I'm not your guy. You know, that's just not that it's too much work and I can't handle it. It's just like between you wanting to get a team of graphic designers involved, a, cre- a a team of custom programmers involved. You know, there's just, there's limitations between me and a firm that has 25 employees with three graphic designers, five programmers. Right. If you, you, know, if you marketing took that specials. on, that would be your one client. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. You know, oh, I got one client this year, you know, by the time I'm done with it. Um, you know, and people looking to break into the social media space, you know, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, one thing that people have a pretty hard concept of grasping is everybody's like, I can't wait to be famous on, on, on social media. I'm like, you, they, you, first of all, you're not a hot chick. Hot chicks just, they got it much easier than men as far as the Instagram goes. Or you're not the rock. You know, you got to be famous as could be, and then you hop on social media, and then you're going to be super famous. 
you know, on social media famous. No, but other than that, it's so hard to become. It's not impossible, but it's but to see if you, just the simple math. The it's odds years. Are astronomical. Yeah, you know, it's years and years and years of dedication. You know, same thing with people. Well, not only dedication, you have to be talented. Yeah, you have to put out content that people like. <laughs> Dude. You go on YouTube and you could find some people with a million followers, yeah. subscribers on YouTube. There is one dude. I'm actually going to check because I, I don't remember what he had, uh, how many he has. But this dude, um, sing, he plays Smash Mouth All-Star Okay. on his computer, but he just plays the instrumental for it. Um, and he just sings other songs over it for like literally two minutes. Right, maybe I used the wrong word. Um, you don't have to be talented. What I meant was, Unique. you have to put out you have to put out content that people want to consume. Yes. Um, guy sings over Smash Mouth. It'd be great if I could. <laughs> great if I could spell this dude, <laughs> John Sudano, J O N S U D A N O. He has eight hundred and fifty thousand subscribers and he has 80 videos and i can't play it because i think i'll break copyright copyright law if i <laughs> if i record him doing it but i will show you the video afterwards and it is it's this dude is making over a hundred grand a year on a one minute and 30 second video of him saying oh adele hello video cover <laughs> over smash mouth in full hd and it's he's one camera angle and it's like at his like 10 o'clock facing up on his face actually i'll show you you know what you know you know we can judge him but he's obviously struck a nerve with a lot of people dude he figured it out man. right he's figured it out and he deserves everything that he's getting I, you know it, maybe it's not my thing maybe it's not your thing but <laughs> like dude there, there's no one formula for getting holy it done, you shit know? man it's bananas like that people Subscri you know, subscribe to that and follow him, and then anytime it comes out, and you know, who cares if they're making fun of him or not making fun of him? He's making buco bucks <laughs> doing no work. You know, how hard is it realistically to read off a screen and play the <laughs> Smash Mouth cover? Not very, but he figured it out, and he's making a ton of money and doing that's it. That's all that matters, Holy and he's having fun doing it. So good for him. Bananas. I'm jealous. But that's you know, that's kind of like what I'm looking for is just people. You know, I'm having clients now come to me, and I'm doing a lot of social media uh, coaching, actually, which is something I'm really enjoying, but it's very time-consuming, where people are, you know, they're terrified to get in front of their cameras. You know, the two of us, we put out a lot of videos on, on uh, LinkedIn and other social media platforms where I'm pretty comfortable in front of a camera at this point. Like, it doesn't really bother me, but there's so many other people, for some unknown reason, or unknown reason, they just freak out when there's mm -hmm. a camera on them like freak out and i'm like why you know they're probably picturing all the people watching it like who cares and then yeah they get to stage fright and this that and the other thing so i'm kind of helping them coach them to get over these boundaries as far as you know producing the content and finding relevant topics that people are going to find interesting and then you know a lot of what I, and this sounds ridiculous but i have i treat some people like children and I have to record, you know, I'll go out with them, I'll, I'll have to record them, and then n not allow them to look at the video. 
because if they look at the video, they are going to freak out. Like, I'm, I, my hair is wrong. I'm touching, you know, my right, hands yeah. aren't right. You know, the sun's in my eyes. You know, my it doesn't look. It's just, it's just, just like overanalyzing. Just put everyone. out the goddamn content. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I go to the beach. It was overcast the other day, and, and I posted the video, and it was just like, hey, you know, I'm at, uh, I'm at the beach and it's overcast. You know, it is what it is. It was beautiful before. You know, hey, the sun's not perfect. You know, it doesn't doesn't make me shine. Whatever, who cares? Right. Just do it. Just. I hate Nike for taking that saying, but just you just got to do it. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I th- I think, and I think LinkedIn is just so primed for more video content because oh, it's I don't know why, but it's so late to the game um, it, it, where it's still primarily just a a a, 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 a uh, sorry, what's the word I'm looking for? It's primarily a written word timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still not a ton of graphics and video in the timeline. I'm totally okay if they didn't even go video. But what, but but I think there's a lot of opportunity there because I th- I think I think um, you know when you're on LinkedIn and you start to respect people and you're seeing written content, uh, when you do see a video and you can actually hear the person that you've been following for years, when you can actually see them and hear them, I'm clicking on that. I'm of like, course. wow! I want to actually hear this person I've been following on LinkedIn for the past six years. Of course, but but like on on things like Facebook, Instagram, we're so used to video. But on LinkedIn, I think video is still so like in its infancy that I I, I personally I have to put out more video content on LinkedIn because I I get I get a lot of traction on my LinkedIn videos. I think because I I think it's still it's still so fresh to people on LinkedIn. It's so fresh, and you're hitting. And I think that this is the huge other thing too. You're hitting a a, a group of people, primarily that I'm realizing that don't really use technology. You know, they don't really use social media, but they'll have a LinkedIn because they know they need it for business. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these people, I'm realizing, oh, you know, I have a Facebook. Do you use it? Nah, I haven't really checked on it in a while. You know, but they'll go on LinkedIn, and I think this is where. You know that videos can be so imperative because these people they don't have the they're not used to consuming that kind of uh, that format of stuff, and because they're not used to consuming it, it just it works. They're seeing stuff that they've never seen before. It's totally it's totally out of the blue for them, and it's a free source of knowledge. You know, they're not used to being able to go on YouTube and learning and checking in and, and figuring stuff out. They're getting it from industry experts. Yeah. Hopefully, most of the time. Yeah, I think LinkedIn is, um, I think it's on a whole nother level in terms of the social media platform. Like, I think I think people, I think business professionals just view it differently. They kind of give it, there's an aura around it, uh, yeah. like a certain level of respect. Um, so I think I think if you are a business person and you can post content and be viewed as like a, an industry expert, a thought leader, I think the content gets more respect when posted there. Yeah, from Big people time. from people who might just gloss over it if you posted Big the time. same content on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere else. And if you're if you're somebody that doesn't know, you know, even if you're not an an, an expert in your field, and let's just say you're pretty good, it gives people the confidence that you know what you're talking about kind of bringing you over from you know somebody that knows a lot to an expert because a lot of things that set you know everybody's or at least what I was always taught was you know one thing that separates the teacher from the students is the fact that the teacher knows it so well they can teach it the student is a student because they're learning it you know you become the teacher when you have the when you have such proficiency in the topic that you can teach to other people and I think that's kind of like the same thing with LinkedIn where if you know what you're talking about but you're just not a expert that 
piece of content is going to bring you over from a very well-rounded individual to an expert. And I think that's I think that's one of the most powerful things about the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, and just from a sales perspective, I mean, like I was saying earlier, that that recent client I got from Vegas, I mean, that's that's the power of video on LinkedIn in a nutshell. I mean, there there's plenty of resume writers in Las Vegas that he could have yeah. hired, but he but hired he, he hired a guy from Smithtown, Long Island. Yep. You know, uh, because I was putting out content, and he he grew to view me as an expert through my content. And what more can you ask for? It's, it's just an unbelievable resource. Um, and I, I'm fearing the day that LinkedIn wakes up and starts charging us tremendous amounts of money to use the platform. They already are. No, I, they're not charging tremendous amounts. You think $60 a month or 50 bucks a month isn't tremendous? It's a free social platform. What's that? You know, like on LinkedIn, you have those the ability to either become a... Like a premium? Yeah, like a, mm-hmm. you know, you have one of the four options. I think at least last time I checked, it was four options for LinkedIn as far as um, kind of profiles you can have yep. on LinkedIn. And how much does it cost? They're about 50 bucks a month. Right. So that's... That's a lot of money. So that's 600 a year? Yeah. The guy I sold to in Vegas, he spent 500 bucks, right? Oh, of course. So but I, I I'm, say, I'm saying relatively, yeah. that's super cheap as a as a business owner. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, I fear the day that they wake up and start charging me as a business owner, you know, a lot of money just to even be on the platform with a premium. I don't profile. think they'll hit it. And I don't think they will ever. It's and just, I, it's and, just a fear. And I say they'll, that they'll lose everybody. Yeah. And I say that with extreme confidence. And here's why: I think because they have the most up to date and fluent database in the world as far as people go it would be very dumb of them to charge an astronomical amount of money for these things like they have such a thorough database that if they do something too extreme that's going to piss people off and people start leaving their database will crumble yeah they're they're not going to do it i was i was being a little sarcastic uh, but but where they do charge a lot of money is on the recruiting end they make yes. they make all their money charging recruiting firms to 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 gain really targeted databases um, which I've used oh, on the recruiting side. Wow, they bumped it up even more now. What's how much? Ninety nine ninety five a month if you're hiring. Find and hire talent. God damn. Sales is sixty four ninety nine. Uh business grow your uh grow and nurture your network, forty seven ninety nine, and then career if you're looking for a job, thirty bucks a month. You know what though? I mean, rel- relatively speaking, it, that's cheap. It, no, it's 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 definitely not bad, but it's still just bananas, you know. And people pay this like not even blinking an eye, you know. Just on the sole fact that I am, I'm doing what I'm doing on LinkedIn with the, between the videos, and I'm trying to put out, you know. Now I'm I'm with the new company. I'm seriously going to. I'm in the process of writing a lot more a lot more blogs and things like that. And I think that's going to help LinkedIn tremendously to the point where I don't think I need to go to a premium one at the moment. Okay. But I could see how premium could be, you know, if you're in sales, that's tremendous. You're hiring talent. That's huge. You know, you're looking for a job. That's huge. You know, your business grow and nurture your network. I think that could be done for free, but if you want the paid plan, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, and the premium package is interesting from a job seeker perspective because when you when you're a premium when you have a premium profile as a job seeker, you you get interesting insight into analytics in regards to uh, 
job postings, right? Oh, really? so, so if you apply to a job with a premium account, mm-hmm. you typically get access to, the, like LinkedIn will give you statistics regarding your competition. Oh, Like it will say, you have a bachelor's degree, 53% of your competition also has a bachelor's degree. Um, uh. You know, uh, 10% of your competition has uh, it has 10 out of 10 of the skills that this job is looking for. You have 8 out of 10 of the skills. Mm. So it's interesting. You get to see how you stack up against the competition. Um, I think you get some salary insights yeah. uh, with the premium account. So it's a, it, That I want to bring that's up. That's pretty valuable. Because I actually just wrote um, in, in the blog post I'm writing right now. Um, it's like three pages long. It's pretty long for somebody that normally doesn't write. What are your... Because you're. You, I, I feel like you would deal a lot with this. What is your thoughts on... LinkedIn's numbers for jo- for um, jobs and Google's jobs. You know, Google's uh, average income for jobs. You know, if you're an air traffic controller, you should expect to make you know this much money. Or you're, if you're an anesthesiologist, you know, what are your what's your feelings on all those their generic numbers? I mean, you have to take it all with a grain of salt. I mean, there's so many different factors that go into like uh, guesstimate salary ranges. Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you have to you have to consider the company size, how long they've been in business, are they a public company? But like the stuff. average. So if you just search like average business, you know, how much does a computer programmer make? You know, average computer programmer yearly salary in the United States uh, earn on average a salary of seventy one thousand seven hundred fifty seven dollars. Salaries typically start from. Oh wow. Okay, so this is much more in depth than it normally is, but salaries typically start from thirty two nine four three up to one hundred and thirteen eight forty nine. Yeah, I would say the biggest factor in, in that is uh geography. Mm. You know, um people who live in the big cities, especially uh like New York, San Francisco, mm. places like Austin, uh these days like uh Nashville. they're very expensive cities. Uh, the salaries are going to be higher, and they they kind of skew the results. You live in a small town, that that same job titles, the, the salary is going to be a lot lower. A lot lower. You know, so geography plays a huge role in terms of dictating the salary. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I feel like it's almost kind of even across the board. It just varies based on where you live. You know, a lot of it is you know, hey, you know, you make a hundred thousand dollars in New York City, cool. But rent is also yeah, it's all relative. You know, it's all relative. Twenty five hundred bucks a month. Yeah, it's all relative to cost of living. Yeah, which is mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, I don't know. I I I've heard it quite frequently. There's people in you know San Francisco that are, you know, combined making a million bucks and kind of living paycheck to paycheck. What? I mean, that's maybe a slight exaggeration, but they're not balling. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know, they're kind of like living modestly. Yeah. The, uh, and, and and we see that here on Long Island. You know, you have married couples who, you know, have combined income of 150, 200 grand, and they're grinding it out. You move yeah. to a small town, you're making 200 grand. You're, you're a baller. baller. Yeah. Baller. You are big pimping, you know what um, I mean? So it's all relative. Um, but, but the point is, geography um, is why you see a lot of big salary ranges, because that that really skews things. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess it's where like the hot spots are. The big cities that are that are just bringing from, you know, I just looked up, you know, cost of living state by state and uh weirdly enough, Hawaii is one of the more expensive. I did not know this. Makes sense because it's it logistically it's difficult to get product there. Yeah. Everything's uh, got to get shipped but in. But according to this, uh 
co- uh, composite cost of living. I don't know exactly what these numbers represent, but it's just numbers at the moment. Uh, 33.9 for New York and California is 141. Mm. Hawaii, 186. But then you go to places like Kansas since 89 bucks or 89. I'm trying to figure out what these numbers mean. <laughs> I'm assuming it's a, a probably a ratio of yeah, I would imagine earnings to cost of living. Maybe it's actually su- pretty surprising. Oh, South Carolina, ninety-eight. North Carolina, ninety-three. I'm sure the Georgia, taxes 90. play into that also. You, yeah, a lot, you you listed a lot of high tax states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Oregon, one hundred and thirty bucks. Jeez, or one hundred and thirty. Um, but it's wild. You know those those uh, the states with big cities and they're bringing in. What sucks here about Long Island is because we get roped into New York City all too frequently, you know, and we have really nice beaches, so ta- everything here is expensive. Yeah, the, the salaries are vastly different than the city. But the cost of living is not that far off. Uh, yeah, the cost of living is similar. Um, I mean, you get more real estate uh, yes. in terms of square footage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like uh, 100K salary in the city... You know, the same job here on the island, you're probably going to make 70 grand. Really? $30,000 difference? 70, 80 grand. And how does that and, work? And it could, it could be could be vastly different depending on the occupation. Like yeah. it, when I was a recruiter in the city, we would place executive assistants making well over 100 grand. Out here on the island, you very rarely see that. Most executive assistants out here on the island, you know, are more in that fifty to $75,000 range. We were placing executive assistants, hundred fifty grand plus insane bonuses. Jesus um, Christ! But 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 you know they were supporting super high, you know high performance executives that yeah. are, that are based in the city. Yeah. There's just naturally less of that on the island. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't have a, uh, you know, Amazon's not on Long Island. You're not you're not taking care of Jeff Bezos. Yeah, there's just Wall, you know, there's no Wall Street out here. You know, yeah. there, there's no. Uh, all, all the all the uh, the big headquarters are there, so that that's natural. But yeah, that's vastly crazy. different salaries out here, yeah, but we're so close. <laughs> I know, I know. And then the question is: Is it worth going into New York City? You know, what's your time worth? That's the one yeah. thing that I love about this too is the value of your time. You know, even if I'm, you know, my value of my time. Let's just let's just say it's a hundred bucks an hour. You know, basic number. You know, I don't mind taking time out of my day to do something that is not cost efficient, like hang out with friends, because I like it goes to having that flexibility. You know, my commute is three minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't even make it to the train station to get on a train in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to be said for that. If you if you value that, if that's yeah. a priority, right? For other people, they don't mind. You know, they just want to see um, the paycheck. Yeah, I, I like I have I have clients that live. East of where I live, I have clients. I've had clients that live in like Waiting River, and I've commuted to the city. Jesus, I, you couldn't pay me enough to ever do that, but it works for them, you know. So, I, I always just say to each his own. But that it, I, I could never do that. Right now, my commute is down a flight of stairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. My commute is uh, three quarters of a mile. Right, but in exchange. We wake up every day having to create every single penny that we make. Yes, you know, 100%. so it's it's all a give and take. It's it's 100%. all about your risk tolerance and what's important to you, and you know, yeah, everybody's different. The nice part about what we do, and I'm not sure how much you can do of it, is working anywhere. Um, I can 
well, it, it, certain aspects of my job I can do everywhere. You know, okay. when, I, when I have a call with a client, it's got to be a, a really contained, quiet area. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, when I, when I actually write, I need to be in silence so I can mm-hmm. concentrate. But a lot of... But as far uh, as, like, being able to travel and stuff like that. Yeah, like, if I'm just banging out emails or... Um, if I'm doing marketing or just other, you know, odds and ends of the business, I can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So there's a lot of flexibility there. Good. Good. I didn't know if uh, I didn't know how much of your stuff had it to be, you know, in somebody's office or something like that. No, nah, no, nah, very little. Good. That's good, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Anything else changing in the resume writing world? Uh, changing in the resume. I don't know how world. fast it's changing. I mean, not, not really in the resume writing world. I mean, if, you know, I, I've been in this world like 10, 11 years, and for the entire 10, 11 years, people have always been predicting the end of the resume due to technology. In my opinion, it's not going anywhere mm. because it's still – the resume is still the simplest, fastest way to consume somebody's background without spending a ton of time. Mm. You know, there, there's a lot of like – there's a lot of like um, – Rah rah people on LinkedIn that like to talk about how things should be. Yeah. But they don't really deal with the reality of things. And they always like to say, like, we should do away with resumes and we, we need to move to interviewing styles where you really get to know people. You waste so much time. We, nobody has time for that. What's the the most efficient way to find out if you want to actually meet a person and get to know them is look at a look at a well written resume and you can find that out in ten seconds. Yeah. The resume is not going anywhere. I like that. That's good insight. Now, what is your thoughts on keyword written resumes? So I've I've just recently discovered this, but some of these job boards like ZipRecruiter and stuff like that, um, Monster, they'll analyze your resume looking for keywords. Do yeah. you think that gives people a disadvantage or an advantage? Um, so the way that I write my resumes... I write my resumes um, with a, a human audience in mind and the keyword scanning software in mind. Um, so I write them in a way that they're very visual, visually appealing mm-hmm. so that the human reader will want to call my client. And I write them in a way where they are loaded up with the right keywords so that the keyword scanning software should, should pass my client along to a human recruiter. Mm. That said, most people do not find their jobs online. Really? Yes. So, where do they find their jobs? Networking, proactively contacting people. Really? Yes. This is mind blowing. Very few people find their jobs online. And I'm saying this to somebody who has found jobs online. I have found jobs personally uh-huh. online. But most job most jobs are not posted online. Yes. I think we might have talked about this on the last podcast. I think so. Right? L- let's say um Let's say uh, company X, mm-hmm. they have a project manager who is not doing a great job, and they're looking to replace that project manager. They can't post that job opening because they, they can't let their existing project manager know that he's about to get fired. I, yeah, I, I know this sounds harsh, right? No, absolutely. No, but, it's, but the, so, it's true. So, so there is technically a project manager job open, yeah. but it doesn't exist on the internet. Yeah. Right, but that's a real job that's open, mm. and and a lot of companies don't have budgets to 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 pay for job postings. Um, uh, companies value referrals, 
Mm-hmm. They're, they're cost effective. They're trusted. So most jobs don't even hit the job boards. So yes, it's important as a resume writer, I always gear my clients' resumes so that they do, um, so that they will pass the keyword scans. Um, but I, I always tell, coach my clients, listen, your, your resume is keyword optimized, but don't live on the job boards. Yeah. You're not, you may be successful, but the odds are against you. Mm. Damn. Deep, right? That is deep. That's bananas. <laughs> now, just, do you think I just effed up your day? No, it's no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not looking for a job. Nah. Um, but now, with that being said, do you think because of those job openings that are currently filled, but are looking to be you know replace somebody, do you think you see more companies going directly to a recruiter because then it kind of goes hush hush? Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of. Um Many times when a company will engage an agency recruiter, it's because it's a replacement, mm. a replacement, and it needs to be under the radar and it needs to be confidential. Wow. Yeah, because I know at least a few times I dealt with recruiters, they do not give up who, what company they're hiring for until like they're ready to put you into an interview. Yeah, and that's another thing. You, I see it on LinkedIn a lot where, again, there's there's a lot of clowns on LinkedIn. They think... They, 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 they think they're like these renegades that are going to like change the way the job search goes and the way job searching is. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to make we're going to improve things for the job seeker. And, and that's a noble cause. But they kind of disregard reality. And, and a lot of what I see is bashing recruiters for keeping company names under wraps and keeping them confidential. But that's a great point that that is one legitimate reason for why a recruiter might keep a company name under wraps for a certain period of time. Yeah. Because it's a confidential search. We're not, uh, somebody's about to get fired, all right? This is serious stuff. We're not gonna throw that information out there until we get to a point where we where we come to a conclusion that you're an appropriate candidate that yeah. might that might be replacing this guy that's about to lose his job, yeah. all right? So relax, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're not gonna make that public knowledge. Someone's, there are a lot someone's of about to lose their job. recruiters? Oh yeah. But there's really? a lot of bad recruiters that deserve it. So, oh, okay. so don't get me All wrong right, fair there. Enough, fair enough, fair enough. Don't get me wrong there. But there, there's a lot of hate around why recruiters keep um, company names confidential. Mm. And all I'm saying is that's one legitimate reason why a, a recruiter might keep might keep a company name confidential for a certain period of time. Mm. Because somebody's about to get fired. You yeah, know? and they don't and, want to and raise we, any flags. We, we don't need that to get out. Mm. You know, like show some respect for the process. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. I would never have even thought about that. Kind of sucks. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, it is it is what it is. We live um, in an economic-driven world. Yeah. But you know, I mean, listen, getting fired sucks, but typically it's the best thing for everybody. It's typically the best thing for the person that gets fired also. Not in the moment, but yeah. lo- long term. Yeah. I believe it. Because if they're in a situation to get fired, they're not in the right place for anyway yeah 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 there's something's off on the uh homeostasis yeah just trying to trying to use a fancy word um was that the right word homeostasis is like when everything's in check in your body oh, okay you know and yeah. then okay and then when uh you know typically every time i've seen it or when i've gotten fired because i've gotten fired okay so uh, you know yeah, you know, I definitely have the confidence to to say that I have, uh, for reasons which that are complete most of the time BS. But uh, you know, but did you always end up in a better place afterwards? Absolutely, right? That's because you shouldn't have been there. Like it just the, just works the out. Karma, like it wasn't working out. Yeah, the, the feng shui, I guess. Yep. I you know, 
And I think I think the nice part is too, and this sound and this is gonna sound brutal, but like well, brutally honest. Yeah, brutally honest. But like if you're a parent or something like that and you're supporting your family and you need that paycheck and you lose your job, this sounds terrible because it's gonna suck a lot, but if that's not a huge wake up call to either you need to button down and really get serious or something of that nature, you know, I don't want to say you deserve to fail, but like it should be a really big eye opener to, hey, I lost my job. Why? Is there stuff going on at home? Maybe I need to stay home and take care of that. You know, the paycheck's not that important. You know, maybe my family's health is more important. And then also, like you said, it, it, getting fired that new good thing is going to come. You know, maybe you're just not happy with where you are. You get fired. Now it opens up a whole new door of opportunities. You know, you're down in the dumps for a couple of weeks. You, you get this great opportunity that comes out in front of you and then boom, you're like on top of your game, yeah. you know, and then you just, then you set due north for however long. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It Getting fired is never a good thing in the immediate short term. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but just my experience, just dealing with tons and tons of clients and knowing people in this world of job seeking, it almost like a hundred percent of the time always works out for the best. Now, as a former recruiter, when you had a candidate that had lost their job, was that like a negative mark against them? Not necessarily, but you, but as a recruiter, I had to dig. Yeah, and I had to do my best to. Uh, you know, figure out if the person was telling the truth or not. Mm. Um, because pe- people do get fired for uh, things that are out of their control. It's not. It's not always the the, the candidate's fault. Yeah. You know, there there's um, I mean, there's a million reasons people get fired. Not all of them are on the uh, up and up. Of course. Um, but yeah, it's definitely you know, it's definitely a red flag when somebody is not currently employed. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Um, it's not a, a deal breaker. It's not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. But but as a recruiter, you definitely have to dive in and figure out what happened, and mm. figure out if uh, do a little interrogating. Yeah, do a little bit of interrogation. Figure out what exactly went down, and if you feel like um, the issue that occurred there is something that would carry over should the person be hired in the next role. Mm. Basically, as a recruiter, you're just looking for patterns. Because, like history, patterns in history tend to repeat themselves. Of course. Of course. Yeah, if you're getting fired from every job because you're stealing. It's you probably going to happen again, right? Yep. But if somebody has a stellar history and they got fired from their last job, that's not really a pattern. But yeah. I, but I want to dig a little bit deeper and see what happens. Of course. Of course. Now, I have one more one more major question for you. I think this, this is pretty ridiculous, but... <laughs> The normal, I shouldn't say even normal, but the more recent millennials, quote unquote, keeping jobs for on average two and a half years. What are your thoughts on that? And why do you think that they're only staying in jobs for two and a half years? Um, Being that you're I a think recruiter too. I think there's a lot of, I don't know, I think there's a lot of variables going on here. I think... I think a lot of millennials, which what's the definition of millennial? Like to, uh, now, like twenty through like twenty eight. I think it's even. That? I think it's even older. Than that. I think it's like 30. 30, 34, 35. Well, when I, I, well, I think I think everybody in that age range saw their parents getting laid off. You know. Yeah, twenty two to thirty six. In the twenty two to thirty six. Yeah. Right. So the financial crisis was like two that the two thousand eight, the early two thousand tens. Right. So those people were 
in their teens, they, they were seeing their parents get laid off. So they're growing up in an environment of, well, what's, there's no such thing as loyalty. Yeah. I have to look out for myself. So I, mm. think that, I think that's one thing. Wages have been stagnant. Uh, until rage, wages are finally starting to go up. But wages, for the most part, have been stagnant for like the past 20, 30 years. Yeah. So the only way to get a significant pay bump is but, to leave. So now wages being stagnant, do you think wages were stagnant also because people were doing those traditional, I'm going, I wake up, shower, eat breakfast, go to work, work all day, come home, that's it. Like they're so set in their routine and they're doing almost the same job over and over again, but it's not assembly line work. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not an economist. Because I've thought I, a lot about the subject for yeah, some weird I'm not, reason. I'm not an economist. I'm not, although I'm in the world, I'm not like a labor data analyst. And I don't, I just because this is kind of like a business podcast, I don't want to really go down a political angle too much. I you can go down the political angle. We, well, just, we keep it, we get a little wild on No, here. I love politics, but I don't, I don't want to alienate half of potential uh, clients. All right, fine. Um, <laughs> uh, there, I, I, there's a lot of different factors of why wages were stagnant, but long story short, they have been stagnant, and typically the only way to get a significant salary bump that is way more than the typical 3% raise that you get at staying at a company mm-hmm. is to jump to another company. Um, I also think, I think millennials grew up in a time of sort of instant gratification, right? So if you don't like your job, just get a new job. Yeah. And I'm not judging them for that. I think that's just the way it is. Yeah, um, I agree with that one. So, I mean, there's certain there's certain aspects of the millennial job hopping that I don't care for, and there's other aspects of it that I completely understand. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I understand completely is the lack of loyalty. You know, uh, w- when companies are struggling, they're, they don't hesitate to lay off, right? So if, as a job seeker, if you're unhappy... You should not hesitate to lay off the company. Mm. That when you when you leave a company, you're you're laying them off. Yeah. It's just the reverse. Mm. I never thought about it like that. Interesting. Because I always think about it. I'm like, why is it two and a half years? And ironically enough, I left at about the two two year mark. And and I was like, why do people? And I and I thought all that this a lot. And I'm like, why do people leave after two and a half years? Like, why is that the prime number? And a little part of me was like, you know, they could leave and go get that major pay bump. And then the other part of me is like, after about two and a half years, you know, two years, I feel like you become almost an expert at your job for the most part. And I feel like being able to take that and go somewhere else with it and make it even more useful and then learn more as well. Two and a half is a nice number because um, that shows a certain level of consistency and loyalty. Mm -hmm. Um, But anything less than that, concerning yeah it's like that that's that's very quick to jump mm-hmm. but two two and a half is a nice number early in the career mm. um and and if you can get a nice salary jump early early in your career that has tremendous impact on long-term earnings oh yes you know what i'm saying yes like like if as a 23 year old if you can go from 40,000 to 50,000 think of the impact that will have on you as a 50 60 year old of course as opposed to staying at 40,000 through your 20s. Yeah. I mean like so making those moves early on and getting those salary bumps early on is do you think you need to go smart. from do you think you can jump in the salary game from 30,000 to 80,000 or do you think you need step or you know 30,000 to 100,000 do you think or do you think you need stepping stones to get there you know 30, 75, 100, 150? 
Well, I never rule out anything, but mm -hmm. the job market and uh, my experience tells me that that is very unlikely to happen to, to make a jump Major from jumps. a 32 and 80. Okay. Um, I mean, you, you would have to be a super talented person who ha would stumble upon the right opportunity mm. or perhaps somebody making a, a significant jump from a low-paying uh, position in an industry to a totally different industry mm. uh, that happens to pay well. Like something that comes to mind is like maybe you were like a very entry-level IT person who just mm. and then got their degree and then went into like I, you would know better than I yeah, would, yeah, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like, of course, uh, became like a high-paid IT consultant. Mm. You know, I could see maybe that kind of jump happening, but that is not typical to go from I like gotcha. 30 to 80. Typically, you go from like, typically, if you were at like 30, you would go to like 45, 50, and then to like that's 65, really? 70. Well, that's like a 50 percent jump. Mm. That's like a that's like a 40, 50 percent jump. Mm. True. I don't and know. and then the jumps. You know, every industry is different. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's and, definitely and true. A, a lot of it's timing, a lot of it's economy. Like, there's so many factors. Um, a lot of people come to me for like concrete answers, and I don't have any. God damn it, Ron! <laughs> Nobody has You're any. supposed to have them. <laughs> and and any career guru that tells you they they have concrete answers, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, because the there's no absolutes in this game. I there, couldn't agree more. There's trends. There's um. There's things that are likely to happen. But there's there's so many variables. Um, I can't give you. I can't really give anybody concrete answers about anything job search related. Of course, <laughs> and you're dealing with people too. You know, it's you know it's so. One thing I'm realizing, and this actually this is another great topic, but one thing I'm also realizing in business is a lot of it is timing, because a lot of people, I've gotten so many hard yeses from, but they're like not right now, you know. I want to move forward with you, but not right now. I'm like, why not? They're like, it's just I'm I'm not at the right time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I respect that. You know, they're like, I need three to six months. I need a year to iron out all this other stuff before I can move forward with like really hammering down on whether it's social media websites. And I'm like, that's so interesting because then I also have to put myself in their shoes, and they're like, no, we have this internal project, this internal project, this internal project that's getting done, and if we spread too thin, nothing's gonna get done. And then we're in a ser then then when nothing gets done, the company's going to start collapsing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's another thing I'm realizing in this is because I went so full force with this, I was like, "Fuck it, leaving, just going to go do this, and that's it." And when I did that, I got so many people that were so supportive. They're like, "Dude, I want to do it. I need like a month to before I can even before we can even have a real conversation about this. I need a month. You know, I need two months." And I'm like. I just want to start now. And a lot of it is is a waiting game of, you know, mm -hmm. hey, let's like they have to finish their stuff. In the meantime, let me go work on a bunch of other stuff. And then when that time comes, you know, that'll be another another pickup client, another pickup client, another pickup client. And timing the, that all out, I think people don't utilize their calendars enough. But being able to set, you know, being able to have an outlook. I totally forgot I had a podcast today. I woke up, rolled over in my bed, and I was like, what do I got to do today? And I was going through my phone. And I'm like, oh, I have a podcast today. Awesome. <laughs> like, I get super excited for podcasts, but I just, like, I didn't check it last night. So I checked it in the morning. And I was like, oh, okay, I have a podcast today. You know, I have a podcast today. I have a, uh, a training to go to this afternoon. Then I have, you know, my night off tonight. But, you know, being able to just set, hey, reach out to Ron for a podcast in six months. Boom. You know, I can save that. You know, reach out to so-and-so to schedule this, you know. 
I live and die in my calendar. I'm in my calendar. <laughs> I just live in there. I'm going to go. If you want, if, if we're going to have a meeting, I tell everybody this. I hate, there's nothing more that I hate than people canceling on meetings. That is my number one pet peeve. We have a goddamn calendar. There's no reason why you mm. should cancel. Unless your goddamn office is on fire. <laughs> in which case, I will fact check you because I will go to the firehouse and find out. <laughs> there's no, Or you have a family or medical emergency. There's no reason for you to cancel a meeting. You know weeks in advance. It's scheduled on your calendar. There's no reason why anything should be rescheduled. Especially now. It's not like we're in... Back in '90s, you know, in the '90s, and oh, you know, I penciled it in. Oh my God, I didn't realize, you know, my hand smudged it <laughs> on that gigantic calendar that people used to cover yeah. their entire desk with. Like, I have a goddamn calendar. With, goes back to like my my elementary school teachers. You're not gonna have a you're not gonna have a calculator in your in your pocket all the time, motherfucker. Check out the 21st century. All right, <laughs> I got all that shit. I got a camera. You're I have a video. Yeah, let's see. Let's just take a quick brief look at all my apps. On just the scroll up, I have a calculator, a stopwatch, a flashlight, a camera. I also can control the loudness of my speakers and stereo, awesome. the brightness of it. If I want to go off the grid, I can even hit airplane mode. You know, and I only have half the apps. Yeah. You know, some people have a bunch of these. And then on top of that, you have all the additional apps that you can add on at a relentless pace. All in the palm of your hand. All in the palm of your hand. Like, if that's not culture shock to the world, I don't know what is. So all my elementary school math teachers, <laughs> y'all suck. <laughs> but thank you for teaching me. <laughs> yeah, you the, created a, a well-rounded The young trick's man. on you, all right? The trick's <laughs> on you. You know what? You didn't think we were going to all have calculators in our pockets? Check this shit. And this shit, the, we've had calculators since the goddamn razors. Well, uh, can you blame them, though? I mean, think of how rapidly this has all happened. I know. I know. You know? It, it is it is bananas. This is all within the past 10 years. But we had, you know, even though, you, know, you ever have that old Motorola Razor phone? Yeah. That had a calculator on it. You know, if I got to bump, if I got to pump out some, some math equations, psh, I will take my left hand with the auto texting Absolutely. feature and just hammer down. Play some snake. Yeah. Oh. Tetris. I was a fiend for Tetris. That's actually it's funny. I used to play Tetris all the time on my phone, and now now that I have a smartphone, haven't played it since. Oh, because you're too fancy. Yeah. Now I play Whole IQ and Boom uh, Beach and Clash of Clans and getting bougie. That's it, man. The lifestyle I live. Yeah. You know. You start uh, a business. You get a smartphone. No more Tetris. Just, no more it's Tetris. Too fancy. It's all about Fortnite now, man. <laughs> Fortnite's the way of the world. I get more work done playing Fortnite than I do anything anything else. You're you're too young, man. I don't know about any of this stuff, dude. It's sick. I mean, I I know about you Fortnite, see the battle. You see the battle station. You have four damn screens. Oh, that's intense. I have a screen for video games. I keep my emails open, and then I keep two full screens for work. So in between games, I am hammering. Like last night, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I was gonna start on a project today, and last night I'm sitting here and I, I was wrapping up some emails, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, let me hop on a game of Fortnite. It's like nine o'clock at night. Played like two, three games of Fortnite, and boom, rolled right into working for four hours. And I was like, I'm okay with it. I, I banged out like go. half a website last night. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm stoked. I Fired up. Yeah, like, dude, because it's all right there. You know, if I had to go somewhere else, I probably would get, be significantly more inefficient. But all my friends, they're like, especially the blue-collar guys, and nothing against blue-collar, but they're all like, oh, you just, play for, you just play video games all day at work. I'm like, well, not really, but... Mm -hmm. Somebody comes to me with, hey, you know, I want this logo design built. And then I'm like, okay, sounds good. You know, let me let me let it juggle around in my mind for a little while. Hop on a game of Fortnite. This literally happened the other day. And then literally stopped playing Fortnite in the middle of the game and just started drawing. And I was just sketching up this logo 
and I'm like, this could be it. That's it. Like th- this could be it. That's that's awesome. You let like, me run you it never, by them. You never know when the creative spark's gonna hit you. you know? And then and then I was like, no wonder why Google and Dropbox and all these, you know, I don't say Dropbox because it's a billion dollar company, but all these major major companies have these spaces in their offices for no work to be done. Because it just sparks creativity yeah. out of the blue. I think it's so, so efficient. It's awesome. But it's working for you, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear everything's off to a good start. Thanks, man. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah. Absolutely. The uh, rocking and rolling. A couple more things coming in the office soon, hopefully. One being an air conditioner, which will be hopefully yeah, later today. Yeah, it's getting today. a little steamy. Yeah. Today was gross to do. I was actually uh, kind of hoping to take out the motorcycle today, and that's not going to happen with the rain. No. But, uh. What's the uh, what's the weekend look like? Uh, Saturday is supposed to rain. Sunday is supposed to be nice. Okay, which works out the exact opposite way I want it to be. Uh. But what are you gonna do? More things to come. And if you have a logo, by the way, feel free to send it over to me and get it printed out or whatever, and I'll okay. slap it up on yeah. the wall. Awesome. But uh, I got dude, a new I have a new business card too. I got to replace the one I have. Good. Up there. Yes. Yes. Please do. Uh, my little wall of business cards. But buddy, we just crushed an hour and twenty. Like that. Damn. Time flies. Time flies when you're having fun, man. Final words, thoughts, things like that that you wanna uh, you wanna share on no, the podcast? Just, thanks for having me in. Like I said, I, I'm going on vacation in the first two weeks of July. First vacation in a while. My younger brother's expecting a daughter, so we're gonna go down there and meet her. Congratulations. Be, thank you. She should be arriving any day now. Uh, so I've just been cramming in all the work before we leave. So it was great to sneak in this podcast. Thanks, man. Uh, uh, yeah, just this is always a blast, and hopefully we can do uh, round three Hell in yeah. a couple of months. Hell yeah. Um, how do people find you, find out about you, you know, social media, anything like that? I know you got a bunch of that stuff. Yeah, so again, my name is Ron Reed. I'm Long Island's premier certified professional resume writer. My website is readresumes.com. You can find Spell me. Spell that. Read, uh, reads my last name, so it's R-E-E-D, the word resumes, plural, dot com. Um, all over Facebook, Instagram, at readresumes. Um, you can find me online, social media. There you go, guys. Love the shit out of you, buddy. Thanks for coming down. Thank you. Love you. Enjoying, uh, enjoying a nice Thursday. Yes. All right, guys. Until the next show, I love you all. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. I really do genuinely enjoy uh, all the podcasts that I publish. I really don't think I'd publish one that I didn't enjoy, or at least something that I didn't pull something away from. Uh, I feel like podcasts are such a uh, learning experience in so many regards, and if I could pull one thing away from every single podcast, um, I really can't complain. I'd be really happy with it. Um, As crazy as it sounds, there's there's so much in there, and... uh, you know, being able to sit down and have these really in-depth conversations, even though it's only an hour and a half most of the time, but uninterrupted, no phones, you know, we use the internet sometimes if needed, but it's just such a different level of conversating that most people are not used to. And because of that, you really get to see, experience, and learn about people. As always, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Barron. I appreciate you guys for tuning in as always, uh, and come back to back. Um, also next episode coming up, super excited for, um, and that's pretty much it. I really don't want to bore you guys too much. 
trying to keep this one short, sweet, uh, and I'm heading to Hartford tomorrow. So, yes, this is getting uploaded at 12.30 a.m. on 8.22, but uh, I'm leaving bright and early, and I'm super excited for it. Till then, love you guys. Thanks for tuning in again. Peace.